have the Sierra Club's Brian Smith on this week's Renew Gurus. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director of Renew Missouri, James Owen, coming to you live on tape from our palatial studios in downtown Columbia. Joining us as our guest from his undisclosed location is Sierra Club's Brian Smith, longtime listener and uh, first-time caller I hear. Hey, Brian, how are you? Uh, good morning, James. Yes, I, I've, I've uh, listened to many of these uh, fine podcasts y'all make, and I, I am definitely a fan and honored to be on, on today. They are a little more sporadic than they used to be, but I think this is like the 105th one that we've done in five years, which... Wow. Someone told me we wouldn't get 10 of these done. So I feel like I've done something pretty impressive, I I guess. Oh, um, so you're with the Sierra Club, the National Sierra Club, correct? That is correct. I've, I've been uh, with them for about a year and a half now. and uh, But I've been in uh, organizing and rural organizing, you know, for about 10, 11 years. Well, where else have you worked in rural organizing? Uh, I worked with the Missouri Rural Crisis Center, where I both headed up the legislative work they were doing, as well as doing straight up community organizing in rural Missouri, you know, campaigns to either enact health ordinances when that was still legal to uh, give some guardrails to CAFOs, and also, uh, you know, campaigns to actually oppose CAFOs who were trying to move into, into certain communities. I see. Now, as a Sierra Club, do you still do that kind of work? With uh, well, I, I am more on the, uh, not to get too wonky, on the C3 side of things. So I'm not really <laughs> doing electoral work or legislative work per se, uh, but I'm definitely doing the community or organizing and, and narrative building and things like that. Mm-hmm. So what is like, so right now, like, I mean, you have this background, this history doing legislative work and organizing work in rural areas. I mean, like right now, what on behalf of Sierra Club is your focus? Well, at, right now, uh, my focus in Sierra Club is working uh, with rural co-ops and rural municipalities to uh, push the conversion, you know, from uh, coal and, and, you know, dirty energy, per se, right. over to clean and renewable energy sources like solar and wind. Sounds and, familiar. And, and also closing coal plant and, yeah. and trying to get coal plants to move up their retirement dates. Uh, or, or, or in ACI's case, established retirement dates um, is, is a big part of the focus as well. Sounds familiar. Yes. <laughs> I think we've been working on that. Yeah, I mean, all of this is kind of, I mean, because we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. We've talked a lot about this in our emails and with our huh, summer newsletter, which is just out now, which hopefully you've got in your mailbox. And if you didn't, let me know because we'll send okay. it to you. Um, we've been more, this has all kind of been largely kind of prompted by the Inflation Reduction Act. Is that safe to say that that's really ramped up since then? Oh, big time. Uh, you yeah. know, the, you know, given uh, some of the tight deadlines, you know, uh, that, that we're looking at uh, to try and get the IRA rolled out, uh, you know, the intensity has ramped up a lot in the last several months. Of course. Yeah. I mean, so the Inflation Reduction Act, in case everyone has not heard it or wants a refresher course, was passed by Congress last August. It's been almost a year now uh, since we found out that was going to go through, which, uh, by the way, a story I was sharing with somebody was Philip and I have been working on 
what is now called the new era uh, funding. And we'll get to that here in a second. We've been working on that for about three years. And when I found out that this was actually going to pass, no joke, I had to stop my car and I had to have a good cry. Okay. Uh, I could not believe it was going to happen. <laughs> a, 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 a very long and hard effort to get it done. And, and so gratifying when it, when it did get done. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, because, you know, kind of also to recount the labored, tortured uh, history of some of these issues, some of the rural electric cooperative funding we had worked on trying to get into the pandemic relief bill, then it was going to be in Build Back Better. And then in December of 21, the Build Back Better bill was dead, um, as you know, by edict, by edict from Prime Minister Manchin. <laughs> Right. And um, and then all of a sudden, and I mean, seemingly out of nowhere, I know it wasn't out of nowhere because we'd still been working on it. But then all of a sudden it emerged like the Phoenix. And there it was. And so then uh, that bill gets signed by President Biden. And then it takes months, almost a year to get programs named and rules released and and kind of building up to this one of the big things that's relevant to the work you're doing brian smith sierra club mm -hmm. is the new era program right right which um is the bill that is offering 9.7 billion dollars to rural electric cooperatives from around the country maximum amount of nine ninety nine hundred seventy million that a co-op can get to do this transition now brian do you think that's i mean you know you look at that 9.7 billion is a lot of money 970 million dollars is a lot of money but utilities has a lot of money in it i mean do you think that's going to be sufficient is that enough to like get started do you think that uh i mean where, where do you see this like what do you see this as like the first like what kind of where are we at in this process i guess of, of making a clean energy transition well, you know, having uh, our analysts looked at, especially the 970 million part of the proposal, and the estimate, and I think I also talked about this with Philip, was that with 970 million, theoretically, you could, like in the case of AECI, they could close one of their plants and get a good head start on the second, very uh -huh. likely, you know, if, if they if they applied for and accepted all of that money. You say you so that, you know, and, and that would be huge because AECI, as, as we all know, has two of the dirtiest coal plants in the country right now. And, yeah, and one of the most reliant, uh, as far as power suppliers for cooperatives, one of the dirt, like one of the most coal reliant in the country, I think, behind Texas. Yes. Right. Yes. And so, you know, like with us, you know, um, and, and I, I'm not sure how you want to segue into it on AECI. Uh, do you want to do some? Um, background on ACI for the listeners before yeah that'd be great yeah I I have no plan here <laughs> oh, okay all right so for, for those that don't know right uh, obviously the major uh you know Springfield has their own utility system Ameren serves St. Louis plus other regions even down some in uh, uh south uh southeast Missouri Evergy right. on the western side of the state well, a and then you have cities that have their municipal, uh, you know, you have a municipal program. But for some of the hardest to reach in most rural parts, and really about two million customers worth in Missouri, Iowa, and some of Oklahoma, AECI is the one that provides that power. And now yeah. they are owned by six regional generation and transmission facilities within those six generation and transmission. Uh, operations are all of the individual co-ops 
around the state, just so people get a sense of the structure. Yeah, 40 some so, odd, I mean, 40 that are exclusively serving distributive co-ops in the state of Missouri. Yes, yes. Right. And, um, and, and so, you know, you talk to AECI, you know, and they say, well, we're actually owned by our, G, our regional GNTs and we just procure the power and da, da, da. But, you know, and they are the driving force of it. And, yeah. and they're unique. Well, they're unique in the sense that they don't, uh, they are not part of PSC's, uh, you know, group or MISO. So, so they're kind of off on their own, kind of making their own free will decisions on, on what they want to do and how they want to do it. Right. Yeah, they are not regulated by the PSC because they are not in a uh, regional transmission organization. Right. They really aren't regulated by FERC in the way that traditional utilities are. Um, I mean, they're very, I mean, they pride themselves on being very independent, which can be good and could be bad. Um, but yeah, so, okay, yeah, so that's AECI. And they have two coal plants. They have one down in Southeast Missouri. They have one in Northern Missouri. Um, the one thing that strikes me or that I find pretty stunning about their coal fleet is, uh, especially Thomas Hills, is enormously aged. It is two of its three turbines are date back to the 60s. Another one, the newest one is is 41 years old. <laughs> I mean, so when you, I mean, and like that, those numbers might not mean a lot when you're talking about 55 years old. But I mean, you know, from, you talked about your analysts looking at this stuff. I mean, what does Sierra Club analysts say about coal plants that are that, that, that are predated that much? Well, you know, one thing that we observed last year uh, in 2022, I'm not sure where we're at on 2023, mm -hmm. was a number of unplanned outages, especially at Thomas Hill, where they had to shut down yes. for a period of time. Yes. Uh, New Madrid, you know, isn't, uh, you know, didn't have quite as bad a record as Thomas Hill did. But yeah, and, and that speaks to the aging, you know, the, the advanced age of that facility. And also the fact that, um, you know, that they are not... Uh, you know that they don't use you know scrubbers and things like that right you know, to help clean things up you know they, they've talked about building taller stacks I'm not sure where that is uh you know and, and our point is look it's outdated dirty dangerous technology that you're using right now and that's why we're pushing so hard on the IRA you know not only for the clean and renewable but just to you know be up you know up to date technology wise right right. Yeah, because I mean, it's also you mentioned dirty and it's expensive. Yes, expensive. Yes. Yeah, it, it's. Ex I mean, like you know, and then you mentioned 2022. We had about this time last year. We're recording this on July 20th. Uh, about this time last year, uh, it was really hot. If people remember that, like mid July was really hot, and you were getting all of these announcements on Facebook and on email from the co-op saying like, well, you know, conserve your power uh, because we aren't able to keep up. <laughs> right. um, and so, you know, because, because the argument from AECI is these coal plants are safer and more reliable than, you know, and we're in a real extreme weather crunch. We need to have these coal plants, which is interesting to me because when they are in extreme weather crunches, they say, don't use your power as much. Yeah, and 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 that flies in the face because that that is their big thing, you know. Is uh, in fact, when uh, Tudor testified in in D.C. 
recently. David Tudor, the CEO of ACI. The CEO of, of Associated. And he was talking about, you know, one of his big catchphrases, you know, in that testimony was that they do believe in climate change, but they care about reliability more. And so then when you talk about all those warnings they sent out last yeah. summer, plus the, un, uh, the the numerous unplanned outages at Thomas Hill, where's the reliability in that? And and also when you look at the fact and, and their hostility, uh, uh you know, James, toward clean renewable to me is 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 ideological. It, it, it's it's right. it's gone beyond facts about reliability or the newness of clean and renewable energy. You know, into that. You know, that they've gone. You know, Tudor has gone so far as to call clean renewable or, or putting a lot of reliance on clean and renewable stupid. He has said that repeatedly. And yeah. and Which, so, by the way, he said he did not say. That. Well, I met with him. And I mean, I will say, I give him credit. He met with me for about an hour and 15 minutes back. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 a good guy. He doesn't like me, but I mean, that's fine. Um, he was saying, like, I didn't say it was stupid. And I said, well, I've got, I actually had the article. I said, you said any utility moving towards, away from reliable coal to mm-hmm. clean energy was stupid. So it literally was just like, <laughs> like, I think he had an issue with the, I don't know, like I didn't phrase it the exact same way he did. <laughs> but I, uh, but yeah, but he has said that. Yeah, he's he, also- well, well, he has said that ACI is not in the habit of doing stupid things. And, and so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then when you look at their uh, portfolio, you know, that they have a, a tiny amount of wind, zero solar. They, and, and we met with them as well. We met with uh, not uh, Mr. Tudor, but with uh, one of the senior VPs. Yeah. And he, you know, you know, th- there's a real hostility, it seems, uh, towards solar in particular. And mm-hmm. and even when you talk about things like battery storage and, and, and those types of things that, you know, that they seem to, you know, find... Uh, you know, comfort in the mostly false talking points against solar that you hear from some of the uh, not in my backyard type, you know, groups around the country, you know, they they seem to be seizing on that. And then even when you try to myth bust, you know, that's when that's when you realize that, oh, this is ideological. You know, we're not really talking about hard, cold facts. And so, yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, I think in addition to being ideological, it's also an issue of Look, they have had this status quo that has made them a lot of money for several years, decades. Yeah. Uh, when you look at the age of Thomas Hills, you're talking about 55 years plus. Um, you know, I think there's a sense of like, well, we've made money doing this. We, you know, we, why should we change this? I mean, I, I think it's almost like, it's almost an, another, it's not even just ideological, it's inertia. Mm-hmm. Um and, and look, the thing is, like, and, and for a while, I get it. Like, you know, when you look at Ameren or Evergy or Liberty Empire down in Joplin, they are able to go to Wall Street banks and, and get financing for uh, their, you know, their clean energy transition, which is going slower than we would, you and I would probably prefer to see. Um, but they're doing it. And AECI has not really had the same opportunity until now. Mm-hmm. Until now, yes. they have this money available to them. Um, which to me, you know, cause I, you know, one of the numbers that, uh, you know, when we started talking about this new era program, when it didn't even have a name, 
we were relying on something that Mr. Tudor had said about how it would take $100 billion for the uh, for the co-ops transition of this. So the original version of this was $100 billion. Right. Which is a lot, I mean, which, you know, like to me, it was like breathtaking to, to have to like write that down in a, in a piece of legislation to say like, well, we are going to ask this country to put $100 billion of its treasury uh, into this. Um, but honestly, like, I think it is just, I mean, like, I think that any amount of money is justified because you're looking at the public interest benefits of making this transition. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I hope they take advantage of this. I mean, you talk about timelines. You mentioned timelines earlier in our talk. We're talking about they have to get applications turned in by this summer, right? That's correct. And, uh, and, and so, I, I mean, I, you know, we, I and I'm sure you as well. We, we've talked to other people in the industry, some allies, more just kind of neutral associations, you know, who said that, you know, that they have the understanding that AECI is going to apply for something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we just don't know if they're going for, you know, the, the you know, you know, making a big pitch or if they're going to do something much more modest and, and effective. Right. And, yeah. and, and another thing is, is that, um, you know, when you look at what the, what they've said about their future plans, you know, that they're wanting to bring 900 more 900 megawatts of new gas back on. I believe they're wanting to reopen a gas facility that had been shuttered previously. You know, and, and one of their big talking points is about uh, Tropical Storm Uri, the polar vortex we had in February of 2021. That was one of their proudest moments because not only... Uh, apparently, they had very few, if any, outages compared to other systems, and um, and they also have an opportunity to slam wind. As they said, wind performed very poorly in that because uh, the wind turbines froze solid. You know, during uh, you know during that time period, in Texas, in Texas, and uh, right, and and so wow. you know he he was pointing out that they had to go buy more gas to make up for wind not functioning. Never meant, you know, and, you know, and never mentioning the fact they had zero solar, which a polar vortex isn't cold and snow and ice all the time. There's it's a high pressure system where there's a lot of sunshine. It's just extremely cold. And, right. Right. And so, so solar could have been big. And in fact, James, I read an article recently about this huge heat wave in Texas, this heat dome they have. Yes. That, that wind and solar are coming through like champs. Especially solar. Yeah, yeah. I think that's in the Texas Observer. I, I'll share that when we send this uh, with when we send this out to our supporters. But the, yeah, and then the other thing too. Yeah, Yuri. Yeah, February twenty twenty one. That was a really bad storm. AECI did a good job. Um, the one thing I'd point out about the wind is in places like Texas, in places where it was not properly weatherized, it did mm-hmm. underperform. Now with Southwest Power Pool, it performed as forecasted. If you look at MISO North in Minnesota, which was also just as cold as parts of Texas and Missouri, they wind overperformed because they were prepared for it. Texas had failures with wind because they're in a competitive market. They they are a deregulated market there. And it was it was cheaper for them not to weatherize. And then let's get to winter storm Elliott and um December of 2022, right before Christmas, when it was like super cold, super cold. 
And you and I, you work in that, you work at the national level, TVA, mm-hmm. Tennessee Valley Authority, the federal government's basically, they're basically a co-op. Right. They had massive failures involving their gas. Massive failures. Yes. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, James, in Texas gas had big failures too. Oh, yeah. And, 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 you know, and in our meeting, we pointed that out, that you can't just, you know, put the black hat on, on wind that wasn't properly right. weatherized. Right. And, and so, yeah, it, it just, um, a favorite talking point of, or term that they like to use is we are monitoring clean and renewables, how they progress. You know, A, we don't have time for that. Right. B, when I hear monitor, I hear stick our heads in the sand. That's 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 what I'm actually hearing. Right. And, you know, and, and honestly, we don't have time for that. The our you know, the customer, you know, their customers don't have time for that. And uh, and, and you're right. You know, they, they can offer competitive uh, rates compared to other er- you know, areas in, in the Midwest uh, in terms of, of what they're charging their customers. But, you know, as you pointed out, that's not going to last forever. In fact, it's probably not going to last much longer. And, and they need to start looking out further than the ends of their noses, you know, in terms of, of planning, you know, for the future. And and uh, honestly, I, I you know, I, I have no idea what kind of application either that they've already submitted or they're planning right. to submit. I've heard different things. I'm not going to spread rumors. Right. But, um, you know, I, honestly, our every effort we've been making, you've been making other people in the industry is to get them you know, to go for that 970 million yeah. and start moving, you know, you know, moving rural Missouri and Oklahoma and Iowa, the places they serve into the future in, in a clean yeah. and renewable way. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, look, I don't know what it's going to be. I know that we, we've heard the same things that they're going to apply for something. I hope it is substantial. I hope it's meaningful. Yes. Um, I know that they, I know they think I'm being very hard on them. I think, I know they think that we're being unfair to them, that they are doing the best they can. Uh, but you know, honestly, it it does take pressure, and I think that they do have a lot of customers that want this. And moreover, you know, from my perspective, is you know, companies, businesses want to move to areas that have access to sustainable energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have this uh, coal, not this coal. Oh my gosh, this aluminum smelting plant <laughs> in southeast Missouri, who has been very adamant publicly that they want to be able to power their um, efforts with renewable energy, and they are an AECI customer. I mean, to me, this is about not just clean air. This is not just about clean resources. This is not just about future planning. This is about investing in these areas. Yes, because I, I, honestly, with, with the smelter, you know, they, uh, you know, to the surprise of no one, need a, a, lot, a disproportionate amount of power at their to be <laughs> yeah. available to yes. do their work. Yes. And, uh, and 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 I, I, when they were testifying in favor, when the company was testifying in favor of the Green Belt Express um, uh, this winter, uh, you know, they were talking about how a that you know they, they said that AECI they had been worried about the amount of available power ACI could give them. And they said ACI also was worried about, you know, they had told them, yeah, we're, we're concerned as well. Yeah. And, and so I, I imagine, you know, that could be one area they look at as well, you know, is to make sure that, uh, you know, they, they can get into the green belt express if that extension's approved. 
and you know, be, you know, and, and increase their uh, their capacity, you know, for the smelter. Right, and I mean, just so people have a little bit of history there, if you remember the Naranda uh, plant, that this is the same plant. Uh, it was once upon a time an Ameren customer, and there was a lot of controversy involving Ameren and Naranda and their rates, and eventually the rates that Ameren were charging them ended up forcing them into bankruptcy. Which <laughs> yeah. is possible that could happen now with, with right. the, seven yeah. members. From everything I'm hearing, they're 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 living day to day, hand to mouth right now. Yeah, and and, and 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 so whether or not ACI can do this and, and and increase that capacity could be a big factor in the do or die for them in the next year or so. That's right, and you know, and and we just had news that uh, Governor Parson, Mike Parson, vetoed a, a a loan to Magnitude Seven Metals, which, quite frankly, I think he was probably on uh, solid constitutional ground in doing. I think it probably was something that violated the Missouri Constitution, but still, I think it emphasizes the point that this plant needs help, and. I think that this gives an opportunity for AECI to step up and help them. And if it's a matter of abundant, cheap power coming from wind or wherever, we hope they do that. Oh, indeed. <laughs> and also, you know, well, one thing Sierra Club is con uh, concerned about is yet, and while we're pushing, you know, for the earliest possible closure of these coal plants, we also understand in these rural communities, you know, they are job providers. And and that and, and so you know we are uh, working in areas uh, about uh, a just transition. You may have heard that term as well. In terms of not just saying too bad, you know, it's too bad you're losing those jobs, but whatever. You know, we don't want we don't as Sierra Club look at it that way. You know, we have, we we need to work you know with local, state, and federal folks to make sure that there's somewhere you know for, for those local economies to go. You know, if that leaves. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, look, we we are at a we are at a crossroads. <laughs> we are. Yes. And not to not to make me sound like some milk toast politician, but that's where we're at. And um I really hope that everyone goes and takes advantage of opportunities and resources here to make this manageable for the for Missouri as a whole. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, indeed. And and, uh, and and so, you know, one of the things, you know, in, in our work in rural Missouri, you know, is to, you know, right now is, is we're wanting to educate folks on the IRA. And, and, and the reason why there's so much urgency right now is a lot of this is based on D.C. politics in a sense. And that's uncertain. You know, every wow. two years, Congress is up every four years. The president's uh, you know, president uh, is up, you know, for re-election or a new election. And and so, you know, it, it you know, and it tends to kind of, you know, ping pong. Right. And, and, and so, you know, I, I, I think we feel the pressure to, you know, get a lot of this started and rolling and get the train rolling down the tracks in case there is a, a you know, in case the winds change in, in the future. Right on. Yeah, because I mean, and I've kind of, you know, with magnitude seven, I've kind of kind of papered over this other thing. I mean, it's magnitude seven's right next to the other coal plant in AECI's service territory, the new magic plant, I think is what yes. it's commonly right. called. And they are having, and this is kind of more of Sierra Club's uh wheelhouse than ours, 
they're having some some issues regulatory wise with those two plants are they not uh, yeah they, they are um I, I would I don't have the exact information in front of me on that right now oh, that's I okay heard about, yeah yeah uh, I mean but, 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 but they yes, are having I, some non-attainment orders down there mm-hmm, and yes my understanding is is that the AECI coal plant in New Madrid is only being able to operate at about 70 percent capacity um I kind of have that number memorized because <laughs> <laughs> I have to use it a lot because I also make the point like, well, that's about, it's being at about two thirds capacity and, you know, you've got a, a plant during extreme weather conditions in um, Northern Missouri. That's about one third capacity. Uh, you really only got one coal plant operating out of two. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're paying for both of them. Um, and you know, to me, you know, look, I, you know, I, it seems to me that there's an easier way of doing this. Oh, oh yeah. And, and, you know, also, you know, the AECIs of the world have to take into account, you know, uh, at, at the federal level, you know, there's, there, there's a lot of discussion about ozone regulations, regional haze, things like that. And, and these are things that they also impact you know, that the federal government can't, you know, could make rules on that, you know, maybe force them to use scrubbers and things like that, or things they may not want to do or things they may not want to buy, you know, in the near future. And and so, you know, and and so it it would, you know, uh, it would behoove them, you know, to start making the move to clean and renewable, you know, so they don't have to face a possible harsh economic reality if the federal government says, hey, you've got to clean up your act a, B, and C ways, you know, too sweet, you know, to, you know, either stop harming the ozone, stop causing regional haze, you know, any of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of complications here. There are a lot of issues at play, but, you know, I believe there are some solutions available. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I think both of our organizations have been talking uh, to them directly and yep. uh, also to other people in the industry, you know, to try and create, you know, the environment for them, uh, you know, to make those necessary changes. Right. And um, yes, I, I agree. Now, if people want to learn more about what you're doing, about how they can get involved with your group, let's say they think I'm a little too yuppie for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, how would they learn about what you're doing and how they can help? Well, the, the best way, I mean, we, you know, of course, uh, you know, we're in transition. So right now, normally I would direct them to the Beyond Coal page, which I'm not yep. sure how much longer that's going to exist, um, you know, because we're kind of changing programs around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now, I, I would say just reach out, you know, to me directly. Uh, okay. It's best to reach me by email and I can... Uh, well, you obviously have my email. If you want to put that in your show notes. Yeah, I'll I, say it. What, what, what is it? Do you have your, can you shout uh, it out? Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, Brian. Well, I'll, I'll put, you want, me, you want me to say it? Brian. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Brian with an I dot Smith dot STL at Sierra Club, all one word yep. dot org. Okay. I'll make sure that's in the text as well. 
Okay. Um, but then some people listen to this on iTunes and they don't get our email. So. Oh, sure. And, and yeah, the best way would be, would be you know, I, I, I love to talk to people about this and especially you know, if you're wanting to get involved and, and do what you can, where you live, that's awesome. I, and I, mm-hmm. I would love to, to brainstorm with anyone, you know, on, on good ways, you know, to, you know, uh, do outreach in their way in, in ways yeah. they are comfortable with or, or their skill set agrees with. Yeah, because we're not just doing this with with AACI. I mean, we are actively engaged with issues involving Ameren, both yes. groups. Mm-hmm. Evergy, you know, just released what I consider to be a horrendous plan for their next couple of years where they're scaling back on renewables. Agreed, and, agreed. And relying more on gas, which, I mean, to, in my opinion, completely ignores, you know, IRA funding opportunities, which, you know, I understand that they, I mean, I understand their their business model and they're like, oh, we want, we need ratepayer money for this, but it's like, but we got IRA money, so you should use it. And, and you know, and I will give Liberty Empire credit down in Joplin. They're, they are moving in a good direction for such a small utility. Mm-hmm. They, I think they are taking advantage of a lot of this stuff. And I, I'm, I, I think that they, they are a model, honestly, for even like some of the bigger utilities in the state, um, which I know it drives the Ameren people nuts when I say, you should look at the Joplin utility, St. Louis. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, they're really showing you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes without saying. There's a lot to do. Oh, um, oh yeah. M- Missouri just has so much going on. And yeah. and, and really, you know, in, in the metro areas, there are several in St. Louis and Kansas City, especially, and also Springfield, you know, the, there are multiple groups working on things. Uh, but on, in rural Missouri, you know, uh, there are some great water protection groups. Uh, but yes. in terms of, of air and other like utility type stuff, I, it, it, I think it's mainly uh, Sierra Club and Renew at the moment. And yeah, sure. yeah, we we are really the only group in Missouri that's focused on like this energy policy. I mean, like I know Sierra Club works on it, but you work on a lot of other things. Right. NRDC works on it, but they work on a lot of other things. Same way with the Missouri Coalition for the Environment, they work on a lot of things, and it's what we do. That's it. Yes. Um, <laughs> Um, oh yeah and, and like you go to illinois you go to iowa they got a lot of groups doing this stuff uh and i think it's largely because they do have some deregulated markets in the i mean illinois is deregulated iowa's got partially deregulated markets um there's a lot more renewable opportunity there um i'm not saying that's a solution for missouri please don't don't construe that <laughs> if any executives are listening uh <laughs> i know a few of you are um you know I, but it is but we we are we are kind of the we're the we're the show here in the show me state so and, and, yeah, and, and, and we, we are, yeah and and uh, we always uh are are uh very happy to work with you and appreciate all of the great things that renew yeah. does in the state right back at you <laughs> <laughs> uh is there anything else you'd like to plug or pitch while you're on here uh you know just basically, you know, uh, and I'm sure Philip could say the same thing with you guys, you know, watch for us. We are going to be um, doing some uh, activities in rural communities, especially in the southern part of the state in the near okay. future, uh, you know, especially into the fall and and uh, and, and beyond. And uh, and of course, I know uh, Renew is always busy in, in rural Missouri as well. So so look for one or both of us, you know, yeah. you'll, you know you'll see us. 
I'll be there. Uh, and you'll be there too. And um, I hope you're all there. If you like what you heard on this um, podcast, please reach out to us. You can go to renewmo.org and sign up for our newsletter and you will be able to get that information. Uh, you can email me at james at renewmo.org. We're a lot smaller of a group, so we don't have to have last names in our <laughs> in our <laughs> emails. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast by going to any major podcast platform and uh, signing and subscribing. You can uh, leave a review. We'd like that. It helps bump us up. And you can share it on your social media pages. On behalf of Renew Missouri and on behalf of Sierra Club, on this joint episode. I'd like to thank you all for listening. Until next time, have a pleasant evening and an even better tomorrow. Take care.